Let's begin today and look at the issue of immigration and housing. Now, recently, we ran a few segments on this show we called I'm Pro-Immigration But. Now, the segments were based on a phrase that we're hearing increasingly in Metro Vancouver, and in many cases, other cities as well in Canada. Canadians now are generally supportive of immigration, but recently many people are expressing concerns about our high immigration numbers and the challenges surrounding affordability and housing. Our next guest recently helped pen an opinion piece in the Orca looking at the disconnect between the amount of people moving to BC and how many houses and housing units are being built. Ken Peacock is the Chief Economist and Senior Vice President at the Business Council of BC, and he joins us now. Ken, thank you to thank you for speaking to us today. Well, thanks for having me, Jeff. Good to be with you. So let's start with the basics. What are the numbers in regards to just people moving here and how many houses we're building? Yeah, well, yeah. Thanks for the uh, the, the comments off the top there. You're, you're, I think everybody, the audience knows that we do have a lot of people moving to Canada and, and to BC, but we decided to take a kind of a, a closer look and see exactly what the figures are. And it's very startling. Um, last year, and when I'm saying last year is the last four quarters, so that includes the first quarter of this year and the previous three quarters of, of last year. But in that four quarter period, 180,000 people moved into British Columbia. Um, wow. It, it, that it, that is a huge number. It's record. And just for some context for the listeners out there, that is equivalent to the population of Langley. Actually, the two the two Langleys combined. So it's a it's a huge number. Um, but just just before I, I stop, uh, I just should go on there and explain it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The permanent residents we had sixty five thousand permanent residents come into BC. So they, they moved in through the permanent channels um, and, and they stay here. Usually we get around 40,000. So, you know, that's up about 1.7 times what it normally is. Where we really saw the jump was in the net non-permanent category. And the non-permanent resident category is mostly temporary foreign workers and students. And we saw 114,000 net non-permanent residents moved into British Columbia over that four-quarter period. And that's kind of a factor of 10x what, what is normal. So really a lot of pressure there, Jazz. Uh, and how? And so, look, it doesn't matter what your designation is. you still got to find a home. You're going to need a roof over your head. Uh, what are we building in regards to housing in this province in that time? Yeah, okay. So that in the same year, the same four-quarter period, there was 43,000 homes completed. So they, um, yeah, 43,000, that's a high number. Usually it kind of fluctuates, you know, over the past couple of decades, it's fluctuated between 15,000 completions and 40, 43 being the high mark in Mm -hmm. 2022. Um, So, you know, a a good way to look at this is, this is a good way to look at this and think about this, is if I look at the number of people coming in, the in-migration and the number of home completions, the ratio there is usually two to one. And if you go back a couple decades, and that's remarkably stable at two to one. Go up above two to one, so a little bit more immigration, not as much housing. That would only last a couple of years, and then the ratio would dip below. So there was kind of this, this it would sort of self-calibrate, and you know, home construction would pick up when population growth picked up. Mm-hmm. But since 2017, we've been above that ratio of two to one every year apart from the pandemic so basically we've been above that two ratio two to one ratio for six consecutive years uh, we haven't had that in the past this is brand new territory and it just speaks to this you know this cumulative falling further behind in terms of having enough, enough housing so where are we headed in this if you're saying you know it, it would self-correct after a couple of years and this has been going on 
since 2017 in regards to this ratio that's above two to one. I mean, where are we headed here in your mind? It's a problem. Um, one thing I know for sure, well, a couple things. First of all, it's going to be very difficult, if not impossible, to kind of build our way out of the housing unaffordability problem. That's just not going to happen. There's just so many other pressures, investors, you know, and there was low interest, so many other facts. So I don't think we're going to be able to build our way out. But what is clear is with the current level of population, we are not building enough homes. Uh, that is absolutely the case. So it's, there's, we are going to have to build no home, new homes. And then I know you're going to go there and ask me, how are we going to accomplish that? That is challenging. Uh, just the sheer capacity, the ability to build more than 43,000 homes in the province, when you think about workers, processing permits, and all that other stuff, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure we can get up to 50 or, or even 60 completions in a year, to be honest. Yeah, and, I, and I, I was looking at some numbers. I think that when we peaked in construction in this country in the early 70s, it was like 220 or 230,000 homes we built in a year, which I think would be still very dip- – we can hit it, but it's difficult. But the, I think we peaked in the early 70s. I mean, is it – I mean, as an immigrant, I'm asking this. Do we think – do you think we need to cut back on immigration? If we can't build our way out of this, certainly because of a variety of reasons, whether it's uh, bottlenecks at the local level – uh, whether it's cost, whether it's lack of labor, uh, whatever it may be. I mean, I know we have an aging population. I think one out of four people will be over the age of 65 in this uh, this country by 2030. I get the numbers. But at the rate we're going, it's still not fair for immigrants to come to this country or whoever you are. Or if you're a native-born a Canadian and you move to another province, you can't find housing. I mean, is this a fundamental question? Is maybe we need to pull back a little bit on immigration for a moment? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> One, it certainly would be worthwhile taking a closer look at the numbers. Uh, it's, it's challenging. We're in this kind of circle, this difficult circle, Jack, because businesses clearly need workers. Um, you know, vacancy rates are still high. They're not as high as they have been in terms of job vacancy rates. They're coming down, but they're still high. And I, I often you have people on your show all the time, uh, businesses saying they need people, they need people. So, it, you know, it's a little worrying cutting back too hard. What I think really the challenge here is just the disconnect between federal policy and what's going on at the provincial level. You know, what's happening is the federal government has ramped up immigration and, and, and these other targets and numbers, and they've basically washed their hands after that. People come to Canada and they say, okay, go find a, a province to live in, and, and you're kind of on your own. And I am very sympathetic to something you said a moment ago. You know, you, you have people immigrating, they're, they're coming here for new opportunities. And when you, you land and you can't find a place and the costs are exorbitant and maybe you have difficulty getting traction in the job market, uh, it can be very demoralizing. So uh, it, I'm very sympathetic to those comments. Uh, and I just want to step back a little bit. Uh, we had one of your colleagues on the other day, David Williams, in regards to productivity and standard of living. What does this all mean? I mean, it, uh, sometimes they're interconnected, sometimes they're not interconnected, all of this stuff. But I mean, it seems to me that, you know, we're inviting all these people in, but there doesn't seem to be a core plan once they arrive, whether it be on housing, uh, whether it be, you know, are we inviting the right types of immigrants to this country? I mean, right now, from what you're seeing in regards to standard of living, productivity in this country, uh, our immigration policy, our housing challenges, I mean, are we headed in a, where are we headed in the next 10 years if this is what's before us? Yeah, the, it's, it's the current trends, and some of which you just put your finger on, continue. Uh, we, 
are headed down a path of like falling prosperity. We will not be as well off in terms of average wealth, average prosperity, uh, per capita GDP, what have you. Um, and it, it, the concern there really for me is as we kind of flounder and languish and maybe even fall in terms of our well-being and prosperity, our neighbors to the south are going to continue to grow in advance. So I, I, that, the gap widening is a concern. And then, of course, just the sheer stagnation of prosperity uh, is a concern when economies aren't growing and when you don't have more resources on a per-person basis. Uh, that creates challenges and difficulties and governments get into trouble funding uh, social services and whatnot. So the trajectory we're on right now is not is not good. Yeah. We are going to have to, governments are going to have to find ways uh, to kind of stoke and fuel productivity, and, and that requires capital investment. But r- related to that is, uh, you know, by bringing in large a, a large workforce and giving um, businesses, uh, you know, a, a big number of workers and employees. Uh, that kind of that takes away the incentive to invest in, in capital and maybe rely less on uh, labor. So you kind of are dampening some of the productivity gains that you might otherwise get if we could just get a little bit of a realignment towards more capital investment and less labor. And then somewhat related to that, Jazz, Mm -hmm. is just because we need all this housing uh, in B.C., we overinvest in residential housing. I know that sounds crazy because Mm -hmm. we don't have enough homes. But if you compare how much we spend and invest in building new homes in BC, it's much higher than other provinces. So that number is one of the reasons I said I'm not sure how many more homes we can build is because that p- proportion of the whole economy devoted to residential home building is already high and near record highs. Um, so what we actually do need to see is a little bit less. Uh, capital investment flowing into that residential, and I actually wouldn't want to see that diminish. But the flip side of that is more into the non-residential space, machinery and equipment and and things like that. That is really the key. Lots of work to do in that space, hard to do, but that really is the key at the end of the day. Ken, thank you so much for your time today. Have yourself a wonderful BC Day long weekend. Yeah, you as well. Thanks, Jeff.